Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I am talking with the co-founders of Espresso Designs, Will Scuderi and Scott McEwen. Will and Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks to be on the podcast. And it's uh, Espresso Displays. You got it. Espresso Displays. So you guys have created the world's thinnest USB-powered display. I'm really intrigued to always begin these interviews with, you know, where does the inspiration start for this idea? What inspired you to create it? Yeah, so it started off when uh, Will and I were working on a project together about a year and a half ago, and we're working off our laptops. And it was just a task. We had to create a poster, and we had to get the content on one screen and then had to rearrange it and organize it on the other screen. And we just got really frustrated that we, we couldn't do that task. We're trying to split the screen on our actual laptop. and uh, and then I was like, oh, I just want a second monitor for, for my laptop. And Will questions me and goes, that exists, doesn't it? And then we kind of stopped doing the work that we're supposed to be doing and started looking this up for the next few hours. And yeah, and then we couldn't really find anything that really said, yes, that's that's what we want. That's a product that we would buy. And then I, I went on with, with the rest of my life, but Will had other plans. He ended up uh, printing a, a 3D uh, a bracket that sits on your laptop that you can put another monitor in that you can use multiple screens. And then from there, we really just started designing different things, speaking to a whole bunch uh, of potential customers, other people who also felt this pain. And eventually that's what we've gotten to now, the espresso display, the world's thinnest USB powered monitor. So give me, give me an idea of y'all's backgrounds in terms of, you know, before making this product, what were you guys doing? And then, you know, when you started creating the overall designs of it, what was that process like? Yeah, so so myself, Will, and Matt all know each other because we studied engineering together at the University of Technology, Sydney. We're all semi-familiar to each other, but never really worked that closely until our more senior years. So I, my major was civil engineering, so I've worked at, for an engineering company. I've done a few projects over, over in Nepal, in Cambodia, and also did a bit of teaching at the university as well. So that, I was more Brett in, I guess, problem solving and working on just cool projects for me. Um, so, yeah, and then I guess, Will, uh, you can talk about, I guess, your background. Uh, yeah, so um, I studied mechanical engineering at UPS, uh, and I met Scott in the final year when we were doing our thesis. And like you said, we we're doing a different, a completely different project for a different uh, a different subject, and then we we realized that this was a problem, and we had a look at what was around it. 
you know, the the, the problem hadn't been uh, solved and the market was there waiting. So we got our heads together and we uh, started having a few late nights and we came up with something and we started to pursue it because we thought what we made was really worth uh, putting out there onto the market. So when you guys began the initial research phase of bringing this product to market, how did you guys go about deciding what features to include in the, des- in the initial designs? Yeah, so we've gone about this process really over the last uh, 12, 12 to 15 months, really. The one that we're launching with now is, is our eighth prototype. So we've gone through and made a whole bunch of different designs, getting feedback on some of those prototypes. We've even sold them. Um, as a prototyping concept stage, really just gathering, uh, I guess, what what we thought was quite a good design, seeing else what's on the market and what what needs not being addressed, and and going right to the cold face. So it's people people who work in co-working spaces, it's people who have a laptop out at coffee shops, it's uni- university students. So uh, we we're very we had a lot of access to people who face these problems as well as having the pain point ourselves. So going through all these different steps and really what we kind of found was was that you really want to optimize it for portability but still be as productive as possible and that's why we wanted to make it as light and as thin as possible just so that you could take it with you anywhere so that was, that was one feature the other one is that you really want it to look nice there's a lot of lot of uh like products that you can buy on on whatever channels that that are very functional, but that don't really, don't really look nicer. And that's not necessarily a tool that you want to be using every day as part of your impromptu office. And then the other one is also like the integration, the way that you use it. So we've got a magnetic arrangement on the back. We've got a range of stands, attachments that really provide versatility that you can set it up anywhere. So really what we're trying to solve was we, we started off just by looking at monitors and laptops, but really we, of what we're launching with now is really a way to how to create an office in a backpack. How you can sit down at a desk, have everything in your backpack, and set up a real uh, comprehensive desk space anywhere in seconds. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the versatility of the product. I'm really intrigued with all the different use cases for the product in terms of the background research that you guys did. But going into designing the product itself, what challenges have you guys encountered in trying to make this the thinnest possible display? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few challenges there. Uh, it comes down to two elements. You have your mechanical design and then you have your uh, electrical design. So mechanical design-wise, you, you're trying to get something, uh, first of all, as thin as possible. So that really limits uh, your selection of displays. And um, what, that, what that means is it's really hard to do it if you're not in China. So what that meant for us is we had to go over to China, to Shenzhen, and actually uh, see how things worked for ourselves. And then when we were there, we were able to, you know, select the panel that, that was right for us and right for this product that was, was really thin to keep to that core product requirement that we set for the, for the product. And then for, for electrical design, the same thing. We had to, um, everything that we did was around the fact that this was going to be the thinnest monitor. And so we had to uh, go over there and, and, and design this design the circuitry in a way that it would accommodate for that product requirement. Beautiful. Now, transitioning into the upcoming crowdfunding campaign launch, 
Let's talk about a little bit about the preparation for the crowdfunding campaign and what made you guys decide that crowdfunding was the right means to launch this initial product out there with. So there's a few things. One about really lean methodology. So this was encouraged to us, but we also uh, know this method ourselves that really as soon as you get a product, you want to validate that people actually want it. And rather than having to go spend a lot of money designing an original product from, from scratch and putting all the uh, tooling and pricing out front, like how do we even know whether to buy 1,000 screens, 2,000 screens or 5,000? That's a lot of upfront capital and the difference is very important. So it's firstly about aligning the number of customers that we can get during this fixed period of time so we can be very lean and efficient with our, uh, with our funds up, up front. The second thing is also it's a very effective way to reach out globally and get a very specific profile of who your customers are, which gives you essentially a roadmap for beyond Kickstarter about what channels you should, you should progress with. And then thirdly, thirdly it's also a, a very efficient way to, to launch a product. And so we also wanted to be very, yeah, be very efficient and quick with our time as well to get this out to get this out to the right people as well. So for us in particular, uh, as a our, our product is is a portable monitor that you can plug into laptops and phones, tablets, consoles. Our early adopters are basically tech savvy, uh, tech savvy professionals who work on the go uh, all over the place. And that that really is something that uh, Kickstarter is a great community for those types of people too. So they they are they are our our type of people and the right type of early adopter, which is incredibly important for us. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is the the nature of Kickstarter and Indiegogo itself is where all the early adopters and trendsetters typically are and want to get the latest and greatest in technology, fashion design, etc. So definitely excited about the uh, the launch and the feedback that you're going to get from the consumers as well. How are you guys going to play that into your product lifecycle? Yeah, so we've we've already got a couple of channels set up post our post our Kickstarter, and that's how we're going to. Use the Kickstarter basically as a uh, as a big launch pad, and then from that they'll allow us to get the first few orders in. At the same time, uh, work with those additional channels that we've got uh, beyond after the Kickstarter to really, I guess, sell as many of these as we can and get these to the people who need them the most over the next twelve and eighteen months, whilst also creating a new pipeline of products. Yeah, what I'm impressed with as well is given this is your first launch that you guys will be able to start production pretty much right after the campaign ends and then potentially be shipping rewards first thing January 2020. How are you guys able to build and, you know, the the pipeline if you will in terms of, you know, getting the product out so quickly? Yeah, so it's really come it's really come down to uh, basically having everything ready to go for us. So I, I was just in uh, Shenzhen in June, July for, for six weeks. And that's where uh, all the prototypes were, were being assembled. All the ones that uh, all the ones that we've kind of shipped out to influencers and everyone uh, was assembled there. And then so collecting all the materials, putting it all together, we joined a whole bunch of maker spaces. So became really familiar with, I guess, the Shenzhen uh, ecosystem, as well as visiting a whole bunch of factories doing kind of Giving them saying, okay, this this is what we want. This is what we want to work with. Uh, obviously, the 
it's not a it's not a uh, we still need to go through that production process, but we have a lot of confidence. We wanted before we launched uh, to any and provided any promises to customers, we wanted to have um, the most assurance we could possibly have without going to that next step of actually putting it into production. So it was really about uh, we we didn't want to we didn't want to make uh, any promises that we couldn't fulfill, and that was quite important to us. Still is. Absolutely. Now, I know the project hasn't launched yet, but any tips you would recommend to our listeners on wanting to bring their first you know, product to market? Yeah, so, so wanting to bring a product to market as well as suitability for crowd, a crowdfunding platform like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, the first thing is to, to have the product, understand who the market is, understand who your customers are. The second thing is to understand... Uh, is there a similar or similar, is that market active on Kickstarter or Indiegogo? I think that's quite important because here in Sydney, Australia, where uh, crowdfunding isn't as uh, big and popular, uh, a few people are now all speaking to us and coming to us for advice. About, oh, should I launch on Kickstarter? Or I'm thinking about doing a crowdfunding platform. And the first bit of advice I always give, give is, is there a similar product that's already on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or is there a peripheral a similar type of product that validates that the market that you're trying to reach is active on that platform. Because if if so, that's that's generally a good indication. And is the amount that those uh, those uh, campaigns have raised uh, a level of success in your eyes? Solid advice there. Now I know you've been working with us here at Inventus Partners for a while now. I think all summer. What were some of your biggest considerations when choosing an agency to partner with on your upcoming Kickstarter launch? For us, it was it was really more just one or two things. It was uh, in the same in the same tone of of understanding uh, similar crowdfunding campaigns. It was looking at the the profile of the agency and whether they had done uh, similar campaigns. They kind of had experience with similar types of products, uh, achieving types of results that uh, we were very happy with in our eyes. So that was, that was probably the the main factor. And then the other is just. Uh, it's just look going going through all the all the assets, looking through all the campaigns. Uh, I reached out to a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of the uh, founders and teams who've done campaigns uh, with different agencies before, and was happy with uh, Inventis. Awesome. So, what's been the biggest surprise of your preparation leading up to the Kickstarter launch? Yeah, I think it's just about. Uh, ramping everything up so quickly. So for us, we know that we're three engineers, not three marketing experts. So it's really about uh, making the making our communication style. We we know what the vision is. We Will and I live together. We talk about this all the time, and it all makes sense in our heads, in our in our engineering brains. But trying to translate that uh, across to I guess the rest of the world uh, is is a bit more. Uh, is a, is a different language, really. So that's what we've really had to transition to and build out this whole pipeline. And, and that's what we've been working with you with for. Awesome. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Scott, you drew the short straw. So you good to go? Yep, good to go. What inspired you to be an entrepreneur? It's really about working on problems that I didn't see solved elsewhere like in my in my bedroom I have a whiteboard of all these problems or things that I'm interested in and they just they they keep on getting added to the whiteboard and I have to put them there so they they get out of my head 
There you go. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have an espresso with? Oh, Da Vinci. Oh, interesting. Haven't had him on the uh, show for a while. So what would have been your first question for him? Uh, I would have just let him talk the entire time. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, who did you look up to growing up? Oh, my, my, my dad was a great tinkerer, always working on different projects. Same with, same with his father, my, my grandfather. So it was always great seeing different projects they were working on together in the backyard at my cousin's house. We have a little farm property that they're always working on, on things that just creating, creating things based on what was there. Nice. Uh, any book you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. It's a story of, of Nike and the unsuspecting journey that Phil went through in order to create uh, what we all know as Nike now. Yeah, that is a great read for any startup going through this process. Uh, last question, and I know the campaign hasn't run yet, but I'm definitely interested in your opinion here in terms of what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Yeah, crowdfunding is still growing quite a lot. I think that it's it's increasingly becoming flooded and there's different techniques that you can use to still shine out. And it all comes down to having a great product with great messaging so that people understand what problem it solves and how it solves it. I think with crowdfunding, it presents a great opportunity of getting from concept to launch as quickly as possible. Manufacturing is very democratized in electronics. A lot of people think that it's limited to the to the giants of Microsoft, Apple, Samsung, Asus and whatnot, but it's really becoming easier and easier uh, for small people and startups to go and get started. And, and crowdfunding is one of those platforms which are enabling it. Absolutely. Will and Scott, this has been awesome. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out. Yeah, great. So Espresso Displays, has created the world's thinnest USB-powered display. What we've made is something that plugs into your laptop, your phone, your tablet, any device that you can set up a full workstation on the go. What this really means is that you can take with you everything that you need to work productively in your day, just in your backpack. So what we're creating is an office in a backpack. Whilst we have our crowdfunding campaign coming up in the next week, we're offering the cheapest price to our earliest backers, cheapest price it will ever be, and then alongside that, throughout our fulfillment and everything, we're going to offer a whole range of additional perks uh, that align with our longer term vision of enabling the future workforce. Beautiful. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign once it goes live and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Will and Scott, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.